I think four. we're in Matthew 25. So we're on four, verse 14. Uh, Melinda, you don't have a Bible, do you? Why, why don't you share with Tara? You want to read verses 14 to 18? Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Okay. Uh, Tara, you want to read 19 to 21? After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Okay, Carlos, would you read 22 to 23? The man man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Okay, uh, Shalina, uh, 24 to uh, 25. I'm just happy to read those two. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your talents in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Uh, Christian? Uh, 26, 26 to 27. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned I would have received it back with interest. Okay, Dr. Means. 28 to 30. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So here we have it. What do you make of it? Does it matter, and does our salvation depend on our using our talents? I mean, the guy who doesn't use his gets thrown out into darkness. I thought salvation was by grace through faith, not by works. By faith without works is dead. So how does that work? Well, because the faith is manifested by what you do. So it's like, because Jesus also says that you shall know, um, you shall know them by your by their fruit, and so based on how they, how the act will determine who they really are, and so if you believe that. So so genuine faith works. <laughs> um, do do you think this uh, lazy servant 
had faith in his master? It's clear that he doesn't. He shows that by doing nothing with the money, he's even telling the master to his face that he thinks he's a dishonest man. He doesn't have faith in the master at all, and so he doesn't want to give him any of his service. You, you, it, it, it's implying you're requiring of me what isn't yours to require. You don't have the right. Well, you know, the thing that's sad is with some of us, rather than bearing the money, we would just spend it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. there, like there's an, even another level of stewardship yeah. that's worse than what yeah. this guy yeah. Uh, demonstrated. Yeah. yeah, there does seem to be levels on that. Uh, one man doubled, well, two men doubled their talents. And... Uh, one man hides his in the ground, like a lot of people do, you know. You, you go into the estates of the elderly and you find money stashed under uh, mattresses and, and wherever. So, so that's one way of doing it, but it's not a good way. Uh, and then Jesus said, well, if you didn't want to double it, at least, at least put it in the bank so it can gain interest. Isn't it interesting that it's the man with one talent that does nothing? I would expect, given Jesus' other parables, that it would be the man with five talents that would do nothing. Because that usually is the scenario he plays out. Why do you think it's the one-talent man? I think it almost shows that by having received just the one talent, that he knows he's being tested by the master a little. He knows that the master is still trying to see how much can you really do for me? How much faith do I have in you? And so... Maybe by seeing or by thinking that the master doesn't have a lot of faith in him, the servant himself, then he feels less of an affinity to the master. You notice uh, the undergirding lies that he's believing about, a ma- about the master. That's inactivity uh, and hoarding and focusing on ourselves is rooted in lies about God. And that, that really is clearly going on here. He said, I knew that you were a hard man. There's nothing in the text that says the man is a hard man. But he, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. You go out and rob people, and you're robbing me, because you want my talent back. You think about people who operate that way. Have you? Have you? Maybe. Maybe we should talk about ourselves, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, but have Have you ever known someone who really does seem to be the one person talent, a one talent person, I should say, uh, who uh, is really very preoccupied with themselves um, and not willing to be engaged and out and and. They're not outgoing. They're not accepting. They're not embracing of others. And when you get to know that person, you soon find out that they really do act as though God is hard master. Mm-hmm. So if you were to work and try to work with this uh, one-talent person, how would you try to get them to see differently about the master? Over the world I come from, trust is the fundamental linchpin to, to, to um, results, you know, or, um, and um, 
it's interesting because usually when I think about trust, I think about like, hey, kind of flowing bottom up as opposed to top down. And, um, you know, like if, if we're good employers or, or good managers, we're going to make sure that our people trust us. But sometimes it's a situation where some people are poor performers because they don't trust the organization or they don't trust their leader, even when there's somebody above reproach like God. And, um, and I, that's, that, I think, an example of what we have here. And so, like, this poor, poor fella, you know, rather than looking like, hey, look at, look at himself, I'm like, I'm the, I'm, I'm the reason why God only trusts, or this master only trusts me with one talent. He's turning it around the other way and, think, and thinking about how the master is unfair. And I, as sad as this is, you know, and when you got people like this on your team in an organization, if you can't coach them up to where they can, they can, you know, demonstrate trust towards the, the mission of what your your institution or organization is trying to do. You got to coach them out, and 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 I know that sounds harsh, but but um, otherwise they they can poison the other people that are that are that are on the team. I mean, I've seen you know like you got like constructive discontent is a good thing because um, that indicates somebody wants to get better and they're taking personal ownership. But when they become a destructive malcontent and everything's negative, Nelly and the, 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 the company stinks or the or PUC stinks or whatever, it's time maybe for that person to go. So, so you, you think the master really did the only thing that could be done? I, I, th I think the master's like, hey, you haven't chosen yourself, you haven't proven yourself to be worthy of trust of more than one talent. I'm so going to give you this opportunity, but the problem is this, this, this poor chap doesn't trust the master enough to kind of yeah. give him back his due. So if you really feel that way about me, if you feel I'm a hard man and I'm, I'm robbing people, uh, why are you working for me? Yeah. Why are you accepting my talent? Right, right. That would have been the better thing to do. It's like, if you, yeah, hey, I don't, I, this is unfair. I don't want to work for you. I'm done. Yeah. Here's Take, your talent. Keep your back. talent and, yeah, I'm done. Right. Now, of course, when it comes to talents in the way we use it, usually, we apply this not monetarily. We usually apply this to our own abilities that God has given us. Uh, it's not easy to give those back, is it? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm haunted by this parable in a different way. And I remember a conversation I had with my brother. that He said, you know, I never have worried about having only one talent. He said, I'm, I'm more worried about all the talents I have that I'm not using. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and and I, that's been my experience. I I have talents I don't use, partly because it would interfere with the talents I believe God has given me to use for Him, and the talents I don't use, I figure I'm going to be able to use in eternity and not let, not mitigate against that. And I'll, I'll just use one as an example. I have I've been given a lovely singing voice, mm -hmm. and I I, uh, <clears throat> I sing lustily in church, and I sometimes wonder if I shouldn't because I people keep. Doing this to me, <laughs> and um, I sometimes think, you know, I really should use my voice. And of course, uh, Dr. Rasmussen would love for me to sing in the choir. Yeah. You know, and the problem is, uh, I also have some health conditions that just I, I have to guard my time, or I can't do the things I'm really supposed to do. But the other reason is, once you're known for singing. Um, it robs you of, of being able to do other things that maybe God has prioritized in your life. And so that's when one of the reasons I haven't. 
because I, I, I do sing around the house, and it's nice to have a, that I don't have an ugly voice because I don't think I would sing as much <laughs> around the house if I did. <laughs> but I really, I really feel that, you know, someday maybe that voice will play a role. Maybe, maybe when I retire, I'll have the courage. Okay, I've done my job now. Uh, for the most part, I mean, there's going to be writing and research that I do in occasional, occasional contact, contract class that I hope to do. But now maybe I can branch out to some of these other things. And, and of course, that means keeping up my singing voice and not letting it go. But, you know, I think the fact that you've kind of prioritized and focused on the talent that, that, that is maybe your strongest one or the one, one that you enjoy, enjoy the most, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, by the way. You're using it for good well, service. I, it actually is the one... It is the one that, it is not only the one I enjoy the most, but it is the one that I feel God has clamped on me as this is what I want you to do with your life. Which blessing you bring to us. You know, it's so good to have you as a teacher. We got an essay officer here at the table. I've thought about this before. Um, We should have a faculty talent show night, like Gene can sing. And here's another thing, like, you know the the high school for fame? Dr. Knight went there, and like, I, I, you know, every year, the last four years, I've sat next to her graduation, like, what? You know, on baccalaureate morning, she can sing. Yes, so anyway, she like, can. Yeah, I, I, I I, call, she yeah. has once in a while led singing in, in the front, and yeah, yeah she, I, I can tell she can sing. Yeah, yeah, she can sing, but like, like I told her, like, I'll pull out like my Louis Primo imitation if you get up and sing sometime. So anyway, but like, but yeah, so like, anyway, just marinate on that. <laughs> Now, I think that would be a real hit with the students. <laughs> and make it a surprise talent show where everybody does something that nobody knew they could do. <laughs> Kim, you were going to say something. Um, it's more of a question based on something I heard, which was kind of disturbing more than a little. Um, about these talents, um, for those of us who struggle with, should I, should I not, <laughs> am I really capable, having a hard time with that, and then you hear somebody from the podium say, if you don't use your talents, they're, gonna, they're going to... Be removed from you? No, they're going to be kind of like, I, I, I can't remember the exact word, but it's kind of like they're going to hinder you throughout eternity, and saying that Ellen White says that. Hmm. And I'm thinking, thanks. What? Did they give you the source? No, they didn't give the source, and he, they were gone, and I was over there and going. <laughs> anyway, so. You know, I, I wish mean, we could be Melon White alive sometime to ask if this is what she really <laughs> exactly. said. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, did you mean what people what, what are did, saying? Yeah, yeah, right, but, right. It, but it was like, you know, this is from sometimes a. a a group of people that can be very hard-nosed. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. This is what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. And not to say that they're not studied people, that, obviously. Where but, you feel that religion is being used to control rather than to empower. You know, and I think, you know, there are a lot of people that that are in that group, but there are also a lot of people that are really struggling to try and figure out what talents you What have. to do. And I don't think this parable addresses that issue. Right. But if, if we're doing the hard taskmaster and you can't... Well, that, do, you know, putting, you know, like, saying, saying, saying it in the context of I'm going to try to control you and put a guilt trip on you for not using your talents better. 
so you, if you're not using your talents, uh, it's, this is, you know, it's going to be punishment for eternity. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was done with. <laughs> that, that's, that sounds to me like we're playing out the hard master yeah. who reaps what he hasn't sown. I guess so what my, do you do with that? Please, um, for the people. You know, yeah. I, again, I don't think this addresses the. I mean, the the man with the one talent didn't say, "Well, master, I really wasn't sure what you had given me." Hmm. You know, he doesn't yeah. say that. Hmm. There's nothing like that. And he accuses the master of being untrustworthy and and right. being dishonest and and so on. So I think that's a very different issue. And I think. That, again, I have to go back to the root problem, and that is lies about the master. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying this is what the answer is to your, your question. It, 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 Satan convinces us not only of lies about the master, but lies about ourselves. And, but the only way to cure the lies about ourselves is to, is to find the truth about the master, and that takes care of the lies about ourselves. Because once we know the Master and who He is, uh, we can blossom and grow because the Master empowers. Uh, I've, I've been working on a new model for commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, when God commanded, the first command in the Bible is what? Be fruitful and multiply. What? Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, that's to humans. I'm saying the first command period in the Bible is what? Let there be light. Let there be light. And, and it was. It was light. Yeah, we usually translate it, and there was light. But actually, the Hebrews, it was light. But it wasn't sunshine. No, but so it was light. So was and so when God speaks a command, it happens. It will be. That's what led Ellen White to say all commands are promises. And that's actually literally true in the Hebrew. There's no difference between saying you shall and you will. So all commandments can be read as promises. Especially if they're what we call apodictic law, which is the ones like you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, where there's, there's, it's not an if, then, it's not a case law, it's, it's just straightforward statute. Uh, you shall not, whatever. It, it's, it's a promise. And, and what that suggests is that in Christ, every command in the Bible is, and if he asks us to do something, he empowers us to do it. And I have found that to be so true in my life that there have been times when I have hit rock bottom and God uh, said very clearly to do something I was totally incapable of doing and as he told me, he gave me the power to do it. Mm-hmm. So if we, can, if we can get into the cosmological model where economy is the economy of giving mm-hmm. and receiving and returning. You think about nature and, and its economy. It's all about... Uh, We've got to produce to consume and consume to produce. Right? It, it's, well, it isn't just we got to, we do. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of things that 
uh, rivers flow into the ocean, and the ocean produces clouds, and the clouds produce rain, and they come down and fill the rivers, and the rivers flow into the ocean, and they have what we call an ecosystem, uh, an ecosystem of giving and returning. Uh, and, and, you know, what happens to a lake when it loses the return? becomes a swamp then it becomes a meadow and it's gone mm-hmm. uh, so that's what I think is, is and Jesus is putting it in our uh, very strong temptation as human beings to contrive everything and to create a substitute for everything uh, the artificiality of our society is huge and I, I'm vibing it like everybody else. I get like technology. I like uh, all the things that we do that are artificial. But I have to recognize that is not the way God created it to be. He created it to work as natural law. Uh, this is just the way things work, not this is what we have to produce. And, and when, it's when we change it to we, this is what we have to produce that we're in danger of doing the works thing. It's when we have that new nature inside of us that God creates in us, that then he can empower us through that new nature to do the things that he asks us to do. Uh, and, and then when he gives us a talent, oh great, I get to use this for others, to bless them, for God, to give him glory. And it becomes a totally different ballpark. Uh, when Jesus tells us, he hits the crux of all problems in this line. We think he's a hard master, very demanding, very controlling, very manipulating, just like we are. So uh, that's what I see going on in the text. I, I love the way Jesus takes our economic model and either breaks it open to something we've never noticed before or he turns it upside down. You know, the parable of, maybe we'll be coming to that, but you remember the parable of... Uh, the workers, mm-hmm. I think we already covered that a few weeks, a few months ago. <laughs> uh, the parable, the workers, everybody got paid the same, no matter how much they worked. If you were to do that at PUC, <laughs> there'd be a revolt. <laughs> if you did that in a, in a public school system, there'd be a strike. Uh, you don't do that. Uh, in our economy, in God's economy, everybody goes to the same place, don't they? And essentially, they get the same reward, which is, by the way, not a place. A place is simply a means to that reward. The reward is Jesus. We get to see Jesus face to face again. We get to see the Father face to face again. We get to talk to them. We get to be in their presence. That's the reward. And everybody gets that reward. It's amazing that the fellow with the software company up in Washington State that decided to raise all his employees' pay to $70,000 a year. And then some of the after effects of that. Some people bought into it and appreciated it, but some people were like, you know, I went to school for six years and I've got an MBA and I'm getting paid the same amount as a janitor and that's not fair. You know, some people couldn't get over it and like, okay, if you're would being you unfair, send me, would you, you send go me a link? Go to work. Would you send me a link to that sure, story? Sure, sure. I, I would love to yeah, have that for amazing, ethics. It's an amazing story, but like, it's like, what's the big deal? Of, you know, are you getting paid a competitive wage? And and if you aren't, 
then go someplace else. You know, but don't cry. You know, the guy, because this fellow wants to be generous, don't be upset that other people are able. <laughs> that, to take that's care exactly of what Jesus right. says. The master says in the parable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Listen. All right. Let us move to the next passage, and that is thirty-one to forty-five. And now we come to the one we always think of in Matthew, terms of Matthew 25. Kim, would you read verses 31 to 33? When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as the sheep divided, as the shepherd divided the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. You want to read uh, down to 40. Okay. Thank you. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you see you, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick and, or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Amen. Okay, Melinda. You want to read 41 to 43? Then, then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick in prison, and you did not look after me. Tara, read 44 to 46. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteousness to eternal life. I want you to notice that last line. It's not, he will throw them into eternal punishment, but they will go away mm-hmm. into eternal punishment. Well, this packs a punch, doesn't it? Wow. Is this works? Or is this mm-hmm. faith? Both. I think it's just having compassion and just human love. When you see people who are in need, you help them. Like it's what Christian was saying. Like when you have faith, you're gonna act on that. When you have love for people in your heart, you're gonna do something about it. If you don't have that, if you're not helping people, then it shows who your real master is and that's not Jesus. What's what's what I think is fascinating about it is like, hey, you can be great at managing your time, managing your money, managing your talent. But you know what? If you don't have kindness as a core character trait, mm-mm, still problems. 
Or as as Paul puts it in First Corinthians thirteen, uh, you can give your body to be burned, but if you don't have love, it's zippo. It's nothing. Uh, and and that's a very hard lesson mm-hmm. for the people for us who want to control life to get. Because to love and to have compassion is a different modus operandi altogether. It's not about controlling anything. It's about giving. It's about giving up my control and, and giving to a need. And, and so it's, it's very, very hard uh, for us to rewire our brains around this. Uh, I like the way the parable starts. Uh, when the Son of Man comes, he will do as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. How hard is that? <laughs> pretty easy. <laughs> it's pretty easy to tell a goat from the sheep, isn't it? <laughs> and it, it's funny, we, we had um, a sheep and a goat one year at vacation Bible school, and the goat was like constantly, like they were in separate pens, but like the goat's pen was right next to the sheep, and he was constantly irritating the sheep. So much so that we took the sheep home one night. And anyway, that was a whole other disaster. In our, yeah, yeah, on, on, in our basement. And like, anyway, yeah. So, but, but I will, I was, I'll spare the story. But like, yeah, it's like, I, like their their personalities are. I mean, I was surprised. Are very are very different. A sheep and a goat. You know. Although I did read a story of a, a girl who who grew up a sheep, and she had a sheep, pet sheep. Uh, that she tried to take to the vet, and that sheep was as unruly as a goat. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> it was a black sheep. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that has wow, any... Wow. I know black cats are more feisty than, than normal cats, but um, it, 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 that sheep was just very cantankerous. Uh, and and for, it, it, the way she wrote the story, it was just totally humorous. You were sitting there laughing the whole way through uh, and shaking your head at the sheep. But um, it is true that normally goats are, are just notorious for being uh, impossible to manage. Right. Uh, in fact, one time I was the victim of stalking, and my <laughs> aunt, uh, my cousin and her son, uh, had a goat, a big goat. <laughs> and, and he kept it as a lawnmower on his front lawn. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, this goat became a guard, the guard dog of the house. <laughs> you know, wouldn't let anybody near her. <laughs> and so she offered the goat to me <laughs> to deal with my situation. <laughs> oh, never forgot that. Uh, the sheep and the goats. But I, I like this idea of the shepherd is doing this. This is a, this is a shepherd who has taken care of all, all animals. And, and tell me, are these really bad people? Or, Bad goats. I mean, how quick they are to say, oh, when did we see you like that? Like, if we had seen you, we would have done that. So they were so, like, consumed with other things, they didn't even notice it. Or, like, or maybe they become callous. I see it as a, a mechanism that the Bible says that if they, meaning the Jews, had no one they would not have crucified the Lord of glory if they had known who he was. He gave them every evidence of who he was. But there was one thing missing. 
that was the determining factor of who he was to them. And because he didn't have that one ingredient, they didn't they rejected him. They didn't recognize him. And what was that one ingredient? Kingly power. Kingly power, pride, mm-hmm. control. That's the one thing that Jesus didn't have, and that was the determining thing for them of who he should be. If he didn't have that, he wasn't who he claimed to be. And that, I think, is the the mechanism that's at work here Mm -hmm. with the goats. It isn't isn't that they really want to minister to Jesus. If if, if they were to see a rich person, uh, a person with power, a person with prestige, a person with fame, a person with, with status... They would do all those things, feed them, drink, give them drink, make sure they had clothing, etc., etc. If their house burned down, oh yeah, we're going to help them. A homeless cardboard box doesn't, burns up and we don't care. And, and I think that's, that's what the mechanism going on. They don't recognize Jesus. They can't recognize him. Because the poor, the least of these his brothers and sisters, don't have that qualifying, defining feature that they think Jesus has. And you think about that in our society. Our society is doing exactly what Nazi Germany did. We are redefining Jesus to be Aryan, to be uh, Republican, to be evangelical, to be... I mean, you go right down the list, and he's, he's up against these people. List them all. Um, and he's especially against Muslims right now. Muslims have more respect for Jesus than, than, than many than, Christians. Than many evangelicals yeah. who are defaming him by misrepresenting him. And so I, that's what I see is going on here. They have the wrong Jesus in mind. They don't recognize him in the poor, in the least. Uh, they just don't. They don't get it. I think another problem we have, you know, in our society is, is we're raised, you know, here in America to be self-sufficient and independent and, and, and basically like, hey, we don't need help from anybody. And so then we become hard-hearted like, okay, I'm doing it on my own, so why can't you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I've been guilty of that at times in my life. I'll, I'll admit it. You know, being independent financially at 17, I was like, okay, you know, Boo-hoo. You know, I did it. Why can't you take care of yourself? And, and that's really, you know, because I'll tell you, if I'd had a drink or if I'd smoked a marijuana cigarette or whatever and kind of led down a path of addiction in that way, I did with food, but it didn't, you know, it, it, it destroyed me that this way. But, 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 you know, I may have ended up the same way that those folks did. You know what I mean? But, like, the, the, you know, the compassion is missing. I mean, you kids live, you know, your ministry, you live there. You kind of, you know, hey, you know, like you're trying to help people that they're, God loves them just as much as he loves any of us, but they just made one bad choice that maybe you and I haven't made yet. So, and then it kind of led to a, a pattern. Yeah. Question. Um, is there, can we take that one step further into some aspects of, everybody is guilty of something, but what seems to separate it and I don't know if that's true here, is that 
some are when you when you are faced with what you have done wrong are very repentant or very sorry or whatever and there are others that are only sorry because they got caught I think this is the flip side of that coin the smugness that we have that we're self-righteous because mm-hmm. they're like oh have we, we, we haven't we're good goats. <laughs> well, you know, and I'll tell you, here at PUC as, as teachers, I mean, and I know you see it, Dr. Sheldon, the real ministry is outside what our lectures in class. Because we, we've got a, I mean, there's brokenhearted adults too, but we've got a lot of kids here, man, that are, that are, 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 are their hearts are broken, you know, um, relationships that, that, are, that are fractured or dysfunctional or whatever, confusion about what they're supposed to do with their future. You know, and if we're not taking the time outside the classroom to really get to know them and care for them and be shepherds to them or mentors to them or whatever, we've really failed at our job no matter how how much of a wow factor there is when we get up there and talk for fifty minutes. So so I, and I think so I think that's really the most important part of our jobs. That's a good very good point. I wanted to come back to what you said, Kim. But I'm, I'm not sure I remember what it was. It seems to me that the sheep have the one ingredient that allows them to be sheep, and that is a need and a, and a recognition of the need. I mean, we all have our needs, but many of us don't recognize it. And the sheep have recognized it, honestly, openly embraced what they need most and what everybody needs most is the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have opened up to the shepherd. They have opened up and, and, and received his love. And that, like, you can't do that and not see another person in need. If you recognize your own need and you've received love for it, hey, here's some love. And that's what the, what the difference between the sheep and the goats. Whereas the goats may do very loving acts, but they do it to get brownie points. Mm-hmm. Obligation. Yeah. And so obligation is duty. Uh, I've got to manufacture love. I've got to synthesize it. I, uh, uh, I make a synthetic version of it uh, to make it look like I'm a loving person. But I have no clue what it is. I have no clue. I'm, I'm, I'm in void of it internally, uh, but I'm going to synthesize it. The focus is still internal instead of external. Yeah. The clogged lake turning into a swamp. Well, we've we've gotten our lessons for today, haven't we? Good one. <laughs> and. Uh, We'll be ready for chapter 26. I like those stories, that those stories are one right after the other. Because yeah. They tie together, don't they? They really do. It's, it's almost like you're building a, a layer by layer or step by step. Yeah. Maybe you guys already answered it. But sure. Like if you have, you know that God gave you talents, but you just don't know how to use it to gain more. You want to, but you just don't know how. And you pray about it, but it seems like God doesn't answer you. And well, my my think my my thinking is that God has provided people to help in those kinds of situations, mm-hmm. and and tests that will tell you, uh, define for you just what areas you could how you could use them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? 
-hmm. Like, for example, uh, you can go down to see Laura Gore in the counseling department and asked uh, asked to be tested for your aptability. I, I think it's aptitude yeah, test. Like I, I, I tried that, but they, none of them suited me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Some, sometimes people don't know what the talents are. I mean, yeah. they have. Have you thought of going to counseling? And, and yeah, I did. You did, mm -hmm. and that didn't, didn't help. help me at all. Oh dear. Did you take the Myers Briggs? I, I don't know exactly which test it was, but it was I paid like some amount of money to take the test and it didn't like come show anything that I actually was good at. I've got I've got some links to some free ones at my office if you want to okay. come by, okay. 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 And, but you know, I think sometimes it's like just do it. Like, you know, like I'm not sure what to do. Is just it? try this and just like just try different Yeah, yeah, things. like that's one reason why we're yeah. doing the internships now, right? Like mm -hmm. sometimes you try like, uh oh, that's not me or wow. Yeah. yeah I think there's something I may be really willing Yeah, to I had I had a a roommate here at PUC who was in occupational therapy. She was a doctor's daughter and had no idea she hated hospitals. <laughs> and she got all the way to her last quarter at Loma Linda and had to go work in a hospital and discovered she hated it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I agree with Dr. Noon's uh, experiment. Um, and you know, one thing I have found if I dedicate my life to God every morning and ask Him to take my life and to guide me through the day, mm -hmm. uh, guide my thoughts, my, my words, and my actions, He does. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't have to try to second-guess now. And, I mean, there's times when I have a question, you know, is this really the way of the Lord? But I, I usually have a sense of His presence right. there with me. So uh, do that and then start exploring. Okay. Exploring, test, test the waters. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't, you can't, it, you can't explain things in your head always. Right. You have to, you have to do something to either validate or, or whatever. Okay. I will say this, Alice. I've been around you enough that I think it's really important to you that you do something that makes a difference mm -hmm. in people's lives, as opposed to just making money. Yeah. You know, so. And, you know, I think, like, you're very, very aware of really wanting to... You, you, you were born with the gift of kindness. That's a good thing. So, so I, you know, kind of let that kind of guide you, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of a little bit and, and embrace it. Yeah, because I really do enjoy, like, just be able to help help people right, and right, stuff, right. and especially doing community service or, like, going to the kindergarten to, like, help out and stuff. It's, like, mm -hmm. really nice. But it's... I, I just guess, like... Also, sometimes I feel tired and I want to do it, but then I don't have that energy to do it. And we like, all battle that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could be an exhortation person. You could be a teacher person. You could be. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of. There's there's a long list, and I think that's right. kind of one of your problems. You have so many options. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, but sometimes when you're tired mm -hmm. and you decide to go in, you're renewed when you go and do it. That's it's just hard to get to that point to just do it. Like knowing if you're an extrovert or an introvert will help you. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend I would recommend you take the Meyer Briggs and then that you get the book and you read up on your temperament. Actually, because it will tell you will tell you the things that your temperament likes to do. What's important to you? That's right. That's right. Yeah, come by. I'll share those links with you. In my honors leadership class, we go through that stuff. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, I can share some stuff with you. Okay. 
Okay, let's have our closing prayer. Father, we thank you for the lessons you have given us. We ask that you will help us to embrace our need and thus to embrace and then to embrace your love and to respond to it in a way that is freeing and a way that is recreating not only us but our those around us. We ask that we may be sheep under your shepherdship uh, and not goats. We thank you for your blessings to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.